0: Hey guys, Hello. what's going on? Welcome back to 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor, the station formerly known as 10 Minutes of Magic. We are chatting a little bit more today with you about what's going on in the modern world, and we have a very special guest, a guest of the Masters of Modern podcast, returning Mr. Patrick Chapin. What's going on, dude?
1: Hey, not too much. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. This is exciting. There's a ton of stuff happening with the deck we're going to talk about today, and I couldn't think of anyone whose sort of uh, analytical approach. Would be more fun to get on this deck than you so i'm really glad we could jump, jump on the phone with you for a few minutes here uh the deck we want to talk about today is bant nightfall and sort of the similarities between bant nightfall as a fair deck with a combo finish and then former decks in the format that did that like twin and Pod. so have you gotten to play against bant nightfall very much
1: yeah yeah actually a couple times in uh even just recently the last uh the last couple modern events i played and i played against it each time
0: Excellent, excellent. So before we fully tackle the subject, guys, I want to remind everybody, if you're hearing this recording, you're hearing it on Twitter or on Reddit or Facebook, download the app, Anchor.fm. It's a free app. It's basically Twitter meets podcasting. Go ahead, find the station, 10 Minutes of Modern. It's featured in the gaming section. We are doing Masters of Modern content for about 10 minutes every single day on the station. So that's the big prompt there. Now, speaking about Bant Nightfall, it is a deck that reminds me of the two I mentioned because... While Twin and Pod would really both use their first three turns of the game to set their board state and make the decision if they were going to try to go for something on turn four, I see Bant Nightfall as kind of a similar deck. Not entirely the same way because you don't have a tutor package and you're not quite as lethal as Twin, but you really can turn two Knight off of a mana creature, turn three Retreat to Coral Helm, and win the game, if undisrupted, correct?
1: Yep very frequently uh just a single item of the reliquary untapped if you have a coral helm then uh you can just do such big things uh and typically just win outright if your opponent isn't uh doesn't have an answer
0: now i think we can both agree the deck is less powerful than two aforementioned decks correct (laughs)
1: yeah
0: Do you think that it it feels like playing a similar deck, or feels like playing against a similar deck, or do you think it's a wider deck with a much more narrow combo finish?
1: Uh, so, in uh, in many regards, it actually reminds me a little bit of the uh, the I guess the Malura style of decks that people play now. Even though they don't have access to birthing pod, the uh, the ability for some of those decks to just play sort of a backup plan as their primary plan, but sometimes they just win out of nowhere. And now the Nightfall deck, I think, has a much better backup plan in that most of its cards are just quite good on their own. Uh, So it's less reliant on the combo, but the combo is also, you know, just as fast and can win, uh, win at any point. It just has less ways to go find it and it's a little less reliant on it.
0: Yeah, it is interesting that Retreat to Coral Helm as a card, it supercharges parts of the deck, but it is kind of a dead card at certain points of the game when you draw it. It doesn't do much if you don't have the right pieces on board. And I think that's, for a deck that is trying to effectively be so fair without the combo, a little bit of a downside because you can't tutor the card. You have no way of actually getting it out of your deck when you need it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny. The, the uh, retreat is actually the best, the best manipulation. You know, helping you find your knight when you're on the backup plan and you're just scrying, but you don't really have a whole lot of ways to go find your your retreat itself. Um, and so instead, it just the deck tries to be uh, you know good if it draws, you know good to to great when it has it, and totally reasonable even without it. Sort of yeah, plays really like a band co- a company deck, you know, just like a regular band company deck of just good cards.
0: Yeah, the big surprise for me playing against this deck has been the power of Spellqueller. Uh, most of the rest of the deck feels just like band decks that we've seen. Pretty, pretty fair overall. Uh, you know, obviously you want a one drop into a three drop. Knight's a card that has been on the fringes for so long in terms of really level one, really like that tier one playability. But Spellqueller is the one to me that. I just can't believe it's so good. That that and um, Reflector Mage are the two that when I played against them, I just sort of like, wow, I, why were more people not just playing this already? I mean, scrap the Band Nightfall plan. These just seem like they're good cards in Modern.
1: Yeah, I, I think that uh, both Spell and Reflector Mage are the, that, that card that it's the, the, the exact type of card that in Standard is so frequently feared and respected, but that sometimes it's a little slow to be adopted in uh, modern, just because it's ostensibly about stuff that that uh, people have, you know, that, 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 like for spoke weller, Oh, it dies to lightning bolts, and lightning bolt is popular in modern, so we shouldn't use spell color in modern. Or reflector mage bounces creatures. It's really good against expensive creatures, and a lot of creatures in modern are not expensive, except that. In reality, Reflector Mage and Spellqueller are just both absolutely fantastic cards. Reflector Mage was panned in Standard; it's only legal in Modern and open now. And Spellqueller, yeah. you know, Spellqueller is just an absolutely phenomenal card. Uh, all it takes is a world, like a, a strategy that can actually take advantage of it
0: enough.
1: And uh, I think this Band Nightfall deck is is one great example. But I agree with you; it's not going to be the only one.
0: Yeah, we've seen a few others, so that. The question I have you mentioned there it reminds me of a, of a question that I asked Alex on the show a couple weeks ago, and that's that now people have said for a long time Lightning Bolt's the best card in Modern. We have really seen a downturn in the prominence of Lightning Bolt, and I think Spell Queller and Reflective Mage being so good right now is kind of proof of that. Do you think that Lightning Bolt is still the best card? Is it still a top five card? Uh, how much worse is it now than it was, say, a year ago?
1: I don't even know that it's the best one-cost removal spell.
0: Yeah, I, I, would, I mean, I Fatal agree.
1: Push is I so agree. good.
0: Yeah, I think Path and Fatal Push are probably, probably have it as far as the straight removal goes.
1: And what's interesting is that Fatal Push doesn't actually kill Spellqueller or Reflect your Mage.
0: Yeah, which is, I think, another reason why that deck is so good. Um, I think, you know, we've had so much data now over the last six years to show us that three drops were this sort of taboo idea in Modern that I think there's, there's really people are taking a minute to come around on this idea that you can play powerful three-drops and it's acceptable, that it's not just you're just playing a slightly worse deck you're trying to talk yourself into.
1: Well, I think that uh, ever since Fatal Push was printed, there's been this trend that's been kind of just growing and growing. Fatal Push is so strong of a removal spell in Modern that it really gives you extra incentive to look at tireless tracker uh, spell queller. But now of course, obviously it's not that hard to get a fatal push to to uh, to kill something that costs three or four. But it is it's not trivial. It's it is like something that requires a little bit of timing. And you know that makes it so that you can't always just have an answer to spell queller at a moment's notice.
0: I mean if you draw it at the wrong moment, it, it doesn't doesn't win the game for you when you need it to. So uh, I guess the next question I have for you on the subject of the Bant Nightfall Deck specifically is If there were a really efficient tutor for enchantments you could play in these colors, a modern playable tutor, this deck would obviously go to the next level. So what's the best tutor? And have people tested that that you're aware of? Is there something that's even close? Is Wargate on people's radar? What are people doing? Uh,
1: I I don't know that... Yeah, I guess I'm not not sold on the missing link being uh, tutoring up the enchantment uh a lot of successful bant nightfall decks have only played two or three copies of it
0: you yeah, know like
1: you would yeah you would play a fourth copy before you would play a tutor for it unless you had some big you know some package full of other enchantments worth getting so uh i'm not yeah i'm not sure that's the that's the 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 problem because uh when you're playing a bant nightfall deck you're not really trying to assemble the combo as fast as possible of course, if you had a card that could get either Knight of the Reliquary or or the Retreat, you know you might consider it. But but the uh, the the strategy is uh, very much set up to play out a very fast aggressive game. It's very tempo oriented, and you're not trying to spend your mana not affecting the board in the first several turns of the game. And even if you assemble the combo. It, it's not a for sure thing it's going to win because uh, so often your cards, well, you don't have a way to protect it all the time. It's great when you do, but you don't want to go to all the trouble of spending multiple turns setting up this. You know, If you spend a turn tutoring up one piece of the combo and then play one combo piece and then play one combo piece and you've just spent three turns this way, a single path exile leaves you just so hopelessly behind.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the card that beat me in the matches I played against, this, I was playing my own mid-range creature deck, and Voice of Resurgence in the, in the version I was playing against was the card that housed me. They just kept getting ahead in these combat stats where their, their token would be a 6-6 or a 7-7, and after two of those, it was just like I was just outclassed. I mean, I do think Wargate's an interesting option because not only does it get the combo piece, but it also can get you the knight, and if you wanted to, for three mana, it gets you the Sejiri step during combat, or you know prior to combat, to push through a big creature for that win. So maybe as a one of it's a fine idea, but it does seem kind of slow, and like you don't really want spells in a cocoa deck.
1: Yeah, I mean the the, the big part is the fact that it costs uh, it costs at least three, and in a cocoa deck, cards that cost three or more, if if you have a three cost card that's not a collected company hit, it's coming at a big premium, which is part of the reason why they don't play more retreats in the first place, and right. the fact that if you're going to try to use it as a tutor, it's frequently, I mean, that's usually costing you six. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I, I would guess, yeah. I would guess that it's going to end up being a little uh, a little slow for Modern at the moment.
0: Fair enough. Is there anything in mind you can think of that would push this deck into that 1.5 Tier 1 level against the, the Grixis Shadows and the Affinities and the Eldrazi Trons of the world, or do you not have any innovation in mind right now?
1: Well, uh, I don't know. I'm not so sure that it's not already a tier one five strategy. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I think the key is to not get too fancy with it. If you if you're playing like basically as a uh, you know sort of a green white cocoa deck with reflector mage spell queller as sort of a blue package, and then you have that coral or the retreat as a as a kill card out of, out of nowhere and some blue cyborg cards. I mean, I think it's got a lot of the same strengths that a lot of the other green-white X decks with some amount of disruption, you know, some amount of hate bears, if you will. Um, I think that the key for it to, to be a really good pick on a given weekend is having a package of interactive creatures, or just your interactive elements lining up right against your local metagame or whatever the metagame for the weekend is. You
0: know, yeah, that's I fair. I, I... yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for chatting with us here for a quick second. Uh, I have been curious about your thoughts on this deck, and I now feel like I know more of what's going on. So uh, best of luck with everything in the upcoming tournaments. I hope hope to see you competing for that next Pro Tour Championship, and uh, we will chat with you some more about MTG soon. As always, the Masters of Modern Podcast and now the Anchor Station. Thanks you very much for your time. Where can the folks find you if they want to follow along?
1: Uh I'm the P Chapin on Twitter and uh I, I guess on Facebook and Top Level Podcast is a show that I do every week with Michael Flores. And uh at Star City Games, uh I write articles and uh you can find my book, Next my books, Next Level Magic and Next Level Deck Building.
0: I second that on the books and the podcast, as I've read them and I listen to it. So big fan, thanks for thanks for the time, man, and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Awesome, it's been a pleasure. Take care.
0: All right.